Hello, podcast listeners. This is Daniel Friedlander, and this is the Nintendo Podcast, or LithCast, episode 43 for April 27th, 2008. It's Sunday. Lithcast listeners, as previously stated, this is Daniel Friedlander from Lithcast.com, L-I-T-H-C-A-S-T dot com. Uh, it's good to be with you guys again uh, twice in two weeks. Wow, this is a, probably a record. Well, no, actually, I think probably during the uh, holiday season we set more of a record. But nonetheless, uh, regardless of that, it's, this is still a, it is still an honor and a privilege to be speaking with all of you. And um, it is good to be back. Um, you know, as I said, I, I these last two weeks, last not two weeks, but last eh, week or so, I've not we're not particularly busy. Uh, I did I did have to get to a little bit of uh, a couple things today, but you know, overall, not so bad. And so, um, I've had a little more time, and so I've you know, I devoted some of that time to doing uh, Lithcast stuff. Um, I mean, as I say, not too much time because it's annoying whenever you get a lot of free time, you sort of end up playing uh, catch up uh, a lot. And so that's sort of what happened. Um, but it's good to be with you all. And um, I hope you guys have all, are all having a a uh, good um, life. It's uh, it's quite hot here in in uh, sunny Southern California. Um, it was about 100. I think right now it's 9 o'clock at night. And I think it's about, I think it's about 80 degrees outside. So it's really a, it really is something. It must be some kind of Santa Ana winds or something. Anyways, it doesn't actually really pertain to Nintendo that much. Um, although you, maybe you could argue that it might. No, not really. Um, so anyways, uh, there's, there's been much that's really uh, happened since our, when we last, since we, when we last spoke is part of the reason why I don't do a podcast every week because I do, I don't like to make this a news show. I really would prefer this. Um, and lithcast.com, L-I-T-H-C-A-S-T.com. I've got that down to a science saying that. But both this podcast and lithcast are not um, media outlets meant to inform you of the news. I mean, granted, if you listen to me, you'll you'll probably get you'll get you're going to get news. Inev- you're inevitably going to get news. Um, but I only like to I only like to talk about the stuff I really can discuss. Um, I do like to give you know notes and notes and stuff. And uh, so. Uh, 
there were a few things I did want to talk about a little bit today. And the first thing I'm going to say, I'm going to mention is the song you just heard is the uh, Windfall Island song from Zelda. And yes, it's two Zelda songs in a row. Um, part of it is actually because of something I, I'm sort of desperate for stuff to talk about. So um, I, I sort of want to talk about something. Um, I um, was on um, Arbiter's weekly gaming podcast. Uh, he used to be a moderator for the Lithcast forums. AWGP.wordpress.com is his his podcast. Um, and he does a gaming podcast and he had me on the other day. Uh, and you know, we were just talking and I was sort of, I, I, he didn't, he didn't ask me like he didn't do your, your, what you've been playing segment. I was sort of looking forward to it because I had been playing stuff. He just, we just talked about super smash brothers brawling a little bit about grand theft auto, which we will, which we actually will talk about a little bit because even though it isn't uh, Nintendo related, it is still very interesting, very funny when I'm going to tell you. Uh, so I thought it was, you know, it was it was an interesting uh, podcast that we that we did. But, um, uh, n- anyways, so I, I kind of missed the what you've been playing. So, Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker. The reason that there's music from that on here is in part because uh, I didn't think of anything else. Although now that I think of it, I could have played Mario Kart. Uh, I could have played Mario Kart uh, music because just today, Sunday, April. The 20th, today must be the 27th because that's when Mario Kart came out. April 27th is when Mario Kart officially comes out in the United States. Granted, it has been out in, in Europe already. And uh, I mentioned last week that So Sam UK does have a review up on uh, the Lithcast forums. I think that's actually linked. Actually, no, I did not link to it. So I will have to uh, put up um, Sam's review, just you know, link to it on the uh, show notes. Um, which of course you can get by going to lithcast.com and looking for the podcast. Um, or it also does come bundled with the RSS feed or, you know, under a little I, if you're subscribing through iTunes, as I can, I can see that most of you do about 90% of you do. Um, so, so what I was going to, what I was mentioning though, is the reason this has to do with Wind Waker is he normally talks about, he has, he normally has a segment like this, what you've been playing segment. And it this also ties into a post that someone made on Lithcast that's called the pile of shame. And the idea of the pile of shame is there are games that like you you started and you never finished, but your, your games like you know you got to start. I mean you got to finish, or maybe games you regret not having played at all or to, to the fullest extent. And so it's pretty. It was actually kind of a neat post. I should have posted some. I should have posted my pile of shame. And probably the biggest one, the biggest um, game that was on my pile of shame was the legend was the Legend of Zelda Wind, Wind Waker. Now you might not believe this as sort of a confession for me. Uh, so don't 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 everyone email me and say, oh, wow, you really, you're really awful. You know that because it's not my fault. Anyways, um, back when the legend of Zelda came out, I was, you know, and I like Ocarina of time, the really kind of big Zelda title for the N64. I I was really oblivious to the, um, to this, to the franchise. I was more interested in Pokemon stadium. I think that was, that was, I was really hooked on, uh, Pokemon then. I mean, that was just, that was just the, uh, the franchise that really got me into gaming with the red and blue version and with the Game Boy, and so with the, with um, and so I really that was just that was just the series that uh, that got me hooked, and so I was just really preoccupied with, with Pokemon, and I had uh, you know, other games like Super Smash Brothers, and I don't know somehow Zelda just never appealed to me until one day, a uh, a friend uh, showed me, you know, she showed me Ocarina of Time, and by this time I had already had a GameCube, so I was not. I think part of it was like the graphics, and I I I was a little bit saying like, oh okay, boring, with Ocarina of Time. And then he showed me Wind Waker. I don't know. It's any you know. I, I played Wind Waker, and I, I'm like, boy, this is really, this is really a cool game. So I bought Wind Waker, and uh, I, ne- I never finished. I, I, I got stuck in the Earth Temple of all places. Um, everyone's like, oh, it's so easy, the Earth Temple. Are you kidding me? It's the easiest dungeon. And I don't know. I, I've 
I've since, I, I, anyway, so what happened is though is I picked up Wind Waker again a little bit this last week. Of course, you have to realize I was also playing Super Smash Brothers Brawl a lot, and uh, but yeah, you know, I did pick up Wind Waker again because I had not finished it, and it was really the game that got me into the Zelda franchise. I mean, I shouldn't say that actually, because I had actually been playing the Game Boy Zelda games like the DX one, you know, Link's Awakening. Um, on the Game Boy, like, and I also, I, I had beaten that game. I had beaten Oracle of the Ages and Oracle of the Seasons. So I shouldn't, I, I mean, I'd actually already been into Zelda on the Game Boy games. I never really got into console Zelda until, um, my friend showed me Wind Waker. And this was sort of a shame to see like, well, this game that really got me enthused about the Zelda franchise. I mean, I think the consoles are so much better than the Game Boy ones now, but the, but the, the title that really got me enthused in the, uh, console version, um, did not, you know, I wasn't playing it and I sort of felt bad about that. So I did pick it up. Um, now I, in case you're wondering, I'm not, I'm not that much farther, but, um, and everyone says it's easier than Twilight Princess, which I beat. And, um, and I love Twilight Princess. I think it was, I, I personally think it was probably the best executed game ever that I've ever played. Um, and I think it was really, really good. Um, I love Twilight Princess and I was able to beat Twilight Princess. I didn't find Twilight Princess all that hard. I mean, at least not. I, I thought Wind Waker was harder than Twilight Princess. I know that. I mean, I know. I know. I'm alone in this. I know nobody agrees with me on this, on this point. But anyways, this is this is just how I felt about the way that Zelda, the way the Zeldas are, and so I sort of felt bad, like I said, about not having played the game that kind of got me into console Zelda. I mean, you realize now I run uh, the Hylia.com, a pretty big Zelda fan site, um, and I'm, of all people, not to have finished Wind Waker, you know. And actually, with Ocarina of Time, this is this is gonna be the bigger part of the confession. I never owned Ocarina of Time for my N sixty four. Now, I understand that as a Zelda webmaster, it is my obligation to to play it. Um, it is what a lot of people consider to be like the definitive Zelda game, the greatest Zelda game, and it is it is a game you talk about with with um with um you know people really venerate Ocarina of Time. That was where I was looking for venerate. And it's a, so it's a game people really respect, Ocarina of Time. So I, I, I do have it for the virtual console. Um, I have played it a little bit. Um, I'm sort of into Wind Waker and Brawl right now because I, kind of I kind of bought it um, uh, during the wait for Super Smash Bros. Brawl on the virtual console. I mean, I do like it. Um, but this is sort of funny because like, this is sort of, this sort of the discussion you'd think someone would be, I'd be having like back in the late 90s. But no, we're in the late 2000, we're in like, we're almost at, it's 2008 and I'm still talking about this almost, I think what, 10 years later, maybe, maybe more. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, I picked up wind waker again. And I, I, right now, in case you were wondering where I am in wind waker, I, I am at the point where, uh, I, I have to get the last shard of the, of the Triforce. I just need, I need to get that darn shard from that pirate ship. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't stop running into the darn pirate ship when I, when I was looking for the other shards, but then now I, now I can't find it, but I'll, I'll, I'll find him anyways. So that's where I, well, that's why I played, um, the windfall islands on also windfall, windfall island happened to be my favorite theme because I was, I was stuck in the earth temple. So I, I did every single side quest pretty much, uh, on windfall island and I, all that stuff. I did a lot of side quests. In fact, by the time I was out of the earth temple, like I already had two shards. So, um, Anyways, or like, no, one shard. Anyway, the point is, this is, this is starting to get really fanboyish and really kind of like a weirdo Zelda podcast, which is not bad or anything. It's just, 
not that important. And by the way, don't expect it a particularly long podcast today unless I go on or unless I go on a tangent about everything like I did just there. Um, but actually, I want to start this off with um, this podcast off with something I actually forgot to mention. It was a big thing. I don't know why I forgot to mention it, but ugh, I did on the last podcast. And I and I just want to start off with this letter um, from Fish Musician ninety nine, and um, that's the only letter I got. I, by the way, I do encourage you all to send me letters, uh, emails on the, for it to be read on the podcast. You can send them to uh, nintendopod at gmail.com or nintendocast at gmail.com, all one, all one word. Um, or you can just go to lithcast.com, L-I-T-H-C-A-S-T dot com. Click on the right where it says contact us, fill out a form, and that's all you have to do. Uh, and then you can submit questions for the podcast. So uh, Fish Musician writes, hey, Dan. I would just like to hear your opinion on the conduit. Do you think this game is a big step in the right direction for third-party developers and what they can do for the do on the Wii? Will the game sell well? If it does sell well, will this encourage other developers to make more games for it, more games like it for the Wii? Will you be buying the game? And anything else you would like to add about the game? Keep up the podcast and the awesome forums, Fish. All right, well, first of all, thank you very much, Fish Musician, for the question. Um... Is, this is the thing I forgot to mention was this game called The Conduit. Um, now, The Conduit, just to give you a little bit of a, it, you know, just, I mean, I, I don't know it that that well about, like, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know that much about it, but I mean, I, mean, I, I saw the IGN.com Conduit uh, preview. So let me just tell you a little bit about con, The Conduit. The Conduit is a... Uh, it is a game, and it is being developed. It is to be developed by High Voltage Software. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think what else they made. Um, well, they made they made like like Leisure <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry. Um, they made a couple of Lego Racers games, uh, a couple of Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy games, uh, Family Guy games. Um, I could have sworn that they made one game that was particularly well known, but I guess I guess not. I mean, I suppose Leisure Suit Larry, but anyways, um, so, um, they're a developer and what they've done is they've developed, they're going to be developing a, sh a first person shooter for the Nintendo Wii. And they said that apparently according to Wikipedia, the controls are, you know, they're inspired by Metroid Prime 3 and Medal of Honor Heroes 2. Um, and, um, it is a, it's a first person shooter for the Wii. Now, you know, most of you who know me know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of first person shooters. Um, and they don't, I don't think I really saw that much in the way of gameplay on, in fact, I don't think I saw anything in the way of gameplay on the IGN preview. However, what makes this game particularly interesting is a, is this, is a graphical engine that they, that high voltage has developed called quantum three. Now, I don't know how to put this except to say that it is it makes stuff look really good despite the fact that it's only on a 480p uh, display. It is, it, is an, it is a graphics engine much like, the, for example, like the Unreal Engine um, or something like that. Although the Unreal Engine, boy, there's a lot of tension there between Nintendo, Wii, and the guys. Yeah, anyways. Um, so um, I'm, just, I'm just kind of reading the Wikipedia. I mean, I, I saw the uh, IGN preview. It's kind of neat. It's, I'll, I'll put up the IGN the IGN preview. It's kind of neat. They show you a little video and it does very good. Um, it does very good, like uh, ref reflection and refraction. Um, let's see. Um, it says, according to IGN, it says the engine allows a developer to create graphic effects normally seen on other consoles 
with vertex and pixel shaders, specifically dynamic bump mapping via tangent space normals and or embossing, reflection and refraction via real-time cube or spherical environment maps, light, sla light slash shadow maps, projected texture lights, spec specular and fresnel effects, emissive and incandescent and no, in indecent materials, advanced alpha blends, light beams, shafts, gloss and detail mapping, seamless resource streaming, projected shadows, heat distortion and motion blur, interactive water with dual wave channels and complex surface effects, animated textures and more. Um, so basically it does a lot of stuff. Um, it does, it, it is, um, I'm just gonna be the last bit. I almost practically read the entire Wikipedia entry, but it says high voltage. They're aiming. They're aiming to have a the game have be run at 60 frames per second. Now currently it's running at 30 frames per second, and they said that with the conduit they're trying to make a Wii game that looks as good as a a three that looks like a 360 title. And I'll be honest with you, um, it does look pretty good. I mean, from the IGN video, I'd say it all, I mean I don't know if I could distinguish the two. Um, I think I could. I think. Now, I wouldn't say this would be the highest end 360, 360 title, but if you see this preview, which I think you really ought to take a look at, it's not a preview of, of gameplay, but it's a, it just shows what the Quantum 3 engine can do. I, I think that they, um, I think that it is, they do have something there. Now, uh, Dust, not Dustin, uh, now Fish asked about, um, <clears throat> um, do I think the game is a big step in the right direction for third-party developers? Um, I think having an engine, I think is always a good thing. Uh, by the way, after IGN ran their story on it, apparently according to Matt Cosmasina and his blog, the, the edit, main editor of IGN, we, uh, they got the conduit got 10 offers from publishers. So, cause you know, it is expensive to do a lot of this stuff. So to get offers from publishers, uh, because on the basis of the story shows that there is a lot of excitement in the industry and there's a lot of, there are a lot of, um, people who do want to, you know, publish this game or at least are interested in publishing this game. Um, now I think the Wii can use a shooter. I think it does give itself a little bit of an image of, oh, more for the casual gamer. Uh, and I think, I think for one thing, just having an engine, as I say, for as far as developers go, I think I'm more excited about more than the game itself. The shooter it is the engine. Um, I think that this, the, the quantum, this quantum three engine, just from what I've seen, uh, seems to lend itself towards games of that nature, like first-person shooters, and I think it's a good. It's good because you know the more expansive game library you can have, the better. Now, one thing I think the Wii is, is uh, benefits from is having a low development cost in comparison to the PlayStation Three or the Xbox Three Sixty, just partially based on just the media and just the pixel demands that it has, which aren't as high. Um, now, I'd imagine that. I mean, I I have to wonder does you know does developing for the Quantum Three engine allow the Wii to still keep a low development cost. And if it does, I think it's a very exciting thing for developers because I don't want to say this, but like, not that I don't love my Xbox or anything. It's just that it's just, I think that if, if it looks, if, if they make games that look as good as, as a 360 title and uh, it's going to cost less for development and the, aside from the fact that there's just superior online on the Xbox, which I think has got to change on the Wii. And I, you, you heard my rant about that last week. I think it's got to change on the Wii, but Aside from that, aside from the online, like where is it going to be the point where it's like, okay, we could have tight, really, we could have really cool, not tight controls, but we could have really cool, maybe, maybe they might, maybe they are good controls, but we could have really kind of immersive controls. Um, we've seen really cool videos um, from like Johnny Lee at MIT with this, with this cool head tracking thing. Um, 
with the Wii, how you can actually make like a true 3D environment. Pl- that plus this 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 Quantum 3 engine, I think the, the possibilities with the Wii have really been, and also the fact that it's selling better. Than, I mean, it's not selling, I don't know if it's selling, it's, sell, it's sold more units than the Xbox 360 or the PS3. So with that all in mind, I mean, is it a good thing for developers? I think so, especially for the Wii. Um, I think having the engine is good. I mean, you see a lot of games use the Unreal Engine. Um, I mean, uh, just as an example on the Wii, uh, the they're not using the newest Unreal Engine, but Red Steel game we all love. Not it, uh, used used the Unreal Engine, and um, so do I think it'll do I think it'll do I think it'll sell well? You know, I have to wonder. That's another, that's actually something I have to wonder. It, will it sell well? Um, is is the base? Is there a fan base of people that have bought the Wii that like shooters now? I mean, I think for example, a lot of people would argue that Metroid Prime Three was a very good game, perhaps the best in this Metroid Prime franchise, and um, people argue that it was very. Good. I mean, you saw it was very, it got very good reviews, um, you know. But did it really sell all that well? I mean, like, is it really like is it selling as well as uh, oh I don't know? Is it going to sell as well as Mario Kart's going to sell? I mean, is it, that's the thing. I mean, is are the other people that are buying Wii's shooter fans and i'm not saying that they aren't obviously there are people who i mean obviously there are people like um like uh like arbiter the guy who hosts arbiter's weekly weekly gaming podcast i'll just give him another plug awgp.wordpress.com um are there people like him like where they've got a 360 and a wii and they like shooters but the thing is if you really like shooters aren't you don't you already have an xbox 360 if that's really what what does it for you so I think I think what's more exciting than the game really is the engine, is this Quantum Three engine and what it can do and what developers can utilize for it because it does make things look very realistic, uh, especially with what it, I, I saw. They had a little demo with metals. They had a very very nice with water. Uh, I will post this all in the show notes by the way, the, the, the link to this preview. But I think it is a good thing to take a look at because it I think it does this engine in particular and lends itself to being a very promising thing for the Wii. But I. I have to wonder if the game itself will actually sell all that well, just because I don't know that there are enough people that play the Wii, I mean, that like shooters. Now, granted, it'll sell. I mean, every game kind of, every game sells, but, you know, and the fact that there are a lot of publishers that want to get behind it may mean they really want to really hype this game, and maybe it will be, maybe it will sell well. So, um, obviously, the pub, a lot of publishers seem to believe in it. So, um, I don't know. And uh, they say if, if it does sell well, uh, will this encourage other developers to make more games like it for the Wii? Yeah, well, I think if it sells well, I think is the big is the big prerequisite there. And if it doesn't sell well, well, I guess we we probably won't be seeing it. But I, I look, I, I think the Wii is good for first person shooters. I mean, the, I think having a controller that you are pointing at, they already have that zapper, which really has not made has not hit prime time. That zapper attachment, I think part of it is just because they don't have the people who are buying the Wii who like the shoot like shooters that much. Or maybe the zapper isn't very good because they have the trigger in kind of a weird place. But anyways, um, so I really do like the idea of the Quantum 3 engine. As, as I say, well, I personally buy the game. Um, I think it kind of depends. Uh, I don't buy most shooters that come out. Even I, I own an Xbox 360. I don't like shooters. It's, it's really it's really one of my one of my not one of my least favorite genres. But it's a, it's a genre I don't get excited about very much at all. Uh, it's not a type of game I really like. And so um, it is, uh, uh, will I be getting it? I don't know. We'll have to see. There's, the thing is, I mean, just because they have an engine now, it doesn't even mean, A, the game's going to come out. For all we know, it could be vaporware. Um, if the publisher decides to can it, I mean, who knows? 
we don't know what I don't know what other kind of games are going to be out at the time, and I don't know if maybe there won't there won't be another shooter out for the Wii at the time. Who knows? Because um, just because they have a publisher means I mean, it's, it's gonna, it takes years to develop a game. So, anyways, that was the thing I kind of neglected to mention last podcast where it was about the conduit, and it is kind of a neat thing. And as I say, we'll post the link to all the stuff that you need to um, see the previews and all that in the show notes. Um. So I did, I, did, I did talk about Mario Kart. Um, it has been released. Um, and uh, I have not I have not purchased the copy. Um, I have played it before. And, um, you know, I I think it's Mario Kart. I only played with the wheel, which I can't say is just from playing it is probably as good as it. using a Wiimote nunchuck or using a GameCube controller. I would imagine that using any of these other ones or controller schemes are probably just as good, if not better. Uh, I just, this is, you have all these cases. It's not very solid, the controls. Anyways, so we talked about Mario Kart a little bit. I mean, there's not much to say except for it's been released, a lot of reviews pouring out on the internet. Um, there's only really one more piece of news I really wanted to discuss, actually. And uh, we talked about it on Arbiter's Weekly Gaming Podcast um, when, I was, when, I, when I was on his show. And it is very funny. It is kind of a good way to end. I end with how we kind of ended his show, I think, and how I kind of want to end mine. It's kind of funny. Um, so uh, Jack Thompson, a uh, man we all know and love. This is a particular. Let's say this is not particular to uh, Nintendo, actually. Um, but um, he is a he's a kind of he's a very he's a very prominent lawyer in. Um, in Florida, I believe. And he's a very big anti... I would just say video games in general because I can't imagine this guy likes video games uh, because he's gone out against video games that aren't aren't really violent. Like, um, I mean, like he'll just go after anything because, oh, what's a good example? That uh, we went after Bethesda because... See, now every, is it Oblivion? I don't know. He went after Bethesda because there was the potential of a hacker being able to hack the game and put a nude person in it or something. So I think he's just anti-video game, the guy. But I, I will just go with this and say that he, I will just go with what he's saying, which is that he's very anti-violent video game. And his belief, air quotes, is that um, they cause uh, people to commit violent acts. And one game that he's gone particularly, uh, he has a particular crusade against is the Grand Theft Auto series. Now, um, Grand Theft Auto 4 is coming out in two days, which is Tuesday, April 29th, for those of you who aren't listening to this on the same exact day I'm recording it. Um, and it's coming out for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. And while, yes, this is, it's for every system except the Nintendo system, it is something I think I should mention. Um, not so much that the game itself is coming out, but what he did. Um, because I think he, he is a relevant person. Um, so Jack Thompson, and I, he wrote a letter to Take-Two. Take-Two is the company that develops, um, Take-Two Interactive is the company that develops um, Grand Theft Auto. The series, and I actually just so everyone knows, I I do have one uh, Grand Theft Auto game. Uh, I own uh, Vice City, and I like it. I mean, I, I think the thing I like about it the most is the open endedness of it. I don't really like the trailer, the the the, you know, the, the missions. I, I I've gotten tired of it. I haven't played it in years, but um, I mean it's okay. Uh, I think it's pretty good. I mean, this Grand Theft Auto Four has been hyped up a lot, but anyways, so Jack Thompson wrote a letter to Take Two Interactives. Chairman Strauss Zelnick, and but he actually didn't write it to him. Actually, he actually that would make more sense. He actually wrote it to his mother, to Mrs. Zelnick, 
And um, so this letter is kind of funny. I, I, I guess I can... Uh, I kind of want to read parts of it. Actually, I'm not sure. Should I read this whole thing? You know what? I, I have the time. Why not? So the name, the subject of the letter is Your Son, Strauss Zelnick. Dear Mrs. Zelnick, your son, as you may know, or maybe you don't know, is the chairman of Take-Two Interactive Software Incorporated, whose most popular video games are the Grand Theft Auto murder simulator games banned in some countries, but sold to children here. I just want to stop there. For one thing, I like how she's like, oh, maybe you don't know, and murder simulator. It's really, I don't think it's meant to be a murder simulator, you guys. And in addition to that, it's not sold to children. So that's like three things. I think it's only one. There's only one sentence because there's a lot of commas here. So I think in one sentence he's managed to say three things I don't think are true. Um, your son last week was reported to have said the following about Grand Theft Auto 4 due to be released Tuesday, April 29th. Quote, we've already received numerous numerous GTA 4 reviews and to a one, they are perfect scores. My mom couldn't write better reviews. End quote. Taking your son's thought, I would encourage you to either play the game or have an adroit video gamer play it for you some of the latter gamers are on death row like what the heck so try to find one out in the civilian population who is who hasn't killed someone yet so right here that he's insinuating that almost everyone who's played this game is on death row i mean he said it's tough to find somebody who's played Grand Theft Auto who has not on death row well uh, she she can look me up uh, i i have played it and i'm not on death row um um I, i'm sure many of you have and i'm sure most of you are not on um death row um anyways so what you will see in your son's game if this iteration of grand theft auto is anything like its predecessors is incredible interactive violence aimed at police officers whom you can shoot in the head and see blood spray innocent bystanders who you can run over with your car just for the heck of it and of course the plentiful female prostitutes you can have sex with and then fillet with a knife or stomp of your feet in order to get your money back Experts note that the recent plethora of cop killings is caused, I think it's R, but whatever, typo, in part by your darling son's entrepreneurial energy. There are three policemen dead in Alabama because Grand Theft, because of Grand Theft Auto. Like, for one thing, I, I love this. This is like, this is like logical fallacies everywhere. This guy's like just drawing causal links between anything he wants. I was on 60 Minutes about it. I hope Strauss has provided you with a flat screen TV to see the grief and bereaved families that fills the screen. That fills the screen. The grief of the bereaved families. That's okay, whatever. Whatever. Um, the pornography and violence that your son traffics in this kind of stuff is the kind of stuff that most mothers would be ashamed to see their sons putting into the head hands of other mothers children. But hey, your son Strauss has recently assured the world that he is a Boy Scout, everyone knows that. I'd love to see the merit badges that Scout Troop handed out. Is there a Ted Bun a Ted Bundy merit badge? If so, your loving son deserves one now. It should be red and green for obvious reasons. With okay, now now, now he now he just goes insane. Like, with Passover having just come and gone, it is appropriate to note the following Old Testament Proverbs twenty two six. I don't know. I, I I think it's just someone who's Jewish. It's like say Passover and then immediately in the same sentence say Old Testament. I don't know. It's funny. Um, train up your child in the way he should he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. Mrs. Zelnick did you train your son Strauss to make millions of dollars by pushing mature rated video games to children? Okay you guys he isn't pushing it to children. Okay any kid can go right into little Strauss's corporate website and buy GTA 4 with no age verification. Yeah I guess that's true. 
Strauss is even marketing the new Grand Theft Auto 4 on World Wrestling Entertainment, which of course we know children should be watching, TV shows seen by millions of kids. If you trained up Strauss to do this, then shame on you. Give me a break. Okay. But maybe the explanation for your son's corporate sociopathy is to be found in the Old Testament proverb 29.15. Quote, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself be, 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 eh, bringeth his mother to shame. Maybe you, Mrs. Zelnick, were so taken by your handsome son that you spared the rod and spoiled the child. That that would explain why he has brought you, by the way he presently acts, to shame. There's another mother you would do well to talk to. Mrs. Crump in Alabama had a son who was a police officer. He's now dead because a teenage boy unwittingly kill, trained himself to kill him on Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. Oh, wow, that's very funny, because that's the one I played. Um... She has a grief she carries every day that only a mother can know. There are other such mothers in the heartland of America whose inhabitants your son sees as commercial targets. Your son, this very moment, is doing everything he possibly can to sell as many copies of GTA 4 to teen boys in the United States, a country in which your son claims you raised him to be a Boy Scout. More like the Hitler Youth, I would say. Happy Mother's Day, Mrs. Zelnick which is this year, May 11th, two weeks after your son unleashes porn and violence upon the, mo- the other mother's boys. I'm sure you are very proud. Sincerely, Jack Thompson. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's not that... Okay, so here's the thing with this guy, and I, I think this is my analysis. I, I'm sorry I had to like kind of read that. I like to keep this, this show pretty much PG. Like I don't like to talk about that sort of thing. I, just, I don't know. I just don't like it. It's not the sort of thing I want to talk about on the show um you know but it was just it was just kind of funny because the guy's just going on and on and um you you know i i don't know i I think do kids buy grand theft auto yes inevitably kids buy grand theft auto kids buy a lot of stuff Uh, um do you know is it responsible for some violence you know what it probably is but I think that there are, I mean, there have been plenty of people saying that it actually is a way to vent fury and it is a way to not take it out on the real world. And um, I could say, I, I don't think I'm any worse of a person for having played uh, GTA Vice City. I don't think I'm a particularly terrible person all around. Um, I don't go around <laughs> shooting cops. Um, and I think to, I think to draw this causal link. I mean, look, we were talking about like someone's psychological like psychological issues. Do we? Okay, does any for one thing? Does any scientist, let alone Jack Thompson, know know and know everything there is to know about the brain? I mean, and then to know something so specific as oh, you play video games, you're going to kill someone. To know to draw for one thing, drawing a causal link in anything is so difficult. But then to draw it in neurology, like a, a subject we know so little about about the brain. I mean, what this guy, and scientists could never even like no science, no no self-respecting scientists unless they wanted to get a grant from from like the anti-video game lobby. I think would whatever, whatever, whatever subscribe to this. So, I mean, you just can't draw causal links between anything you want. You know, inevitably there are people that play Grand Theft Auto Four that probably killed people. There are probably play people that played Mario Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. And also have committed crimes. There have been people who have, you know, gone to Exxon Mobil stations and 
have killed people. I mean, what are we going to, I mean, look, it, it, these are such, just because, it, you know, just because it like, just because it kind of looks like it could potentially maybe on some very thin level on, on in the 15th dimension could cause a link between these things. I'm not saying that I'm not, I don't think we can just draw that conclusion. Now I'm not saying that it isn't true. I'm not, I, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't claim to be an expert either. I don't think that it is something that I am in any place to decide. Um, but I, I think I know, and I think I know quite a bit about games. Um, and uh, Jack Thompson knows quite a bit about law, probably. Um, and I don't think that he can draw these these conclusions. And I also don't think that I think he's he is he has greatly spun what is happening here. He has never once. He said a mature rated game, but he never even explained what that means. That means that you can't sell it to kids. Unless maybe maybe you can if their parents are there. But you can't sell it to kids. I mean, it's just like going to a rated R movie. I mean, what does he want? Does he want kids to go see rated R movies? Why doesn't he have those banned? I mean, that might be next for him. But of course, I'm not going to get into a logical fallacy like this guy with the slippery slope. But I'm just saying. Anyways, um, I don't... I don't think that he's wrong to do any of this, but I think part of it is that he realizes that what he's trying to do is essentially illegal. This, this idea of censorship is essentially illegal and you can't send threats to people. So he's going one notch down. You send a shame letter to his mother. Um, he's trying everything. I think this guy is very desperate. Um, I don't blame him. I mean, it's, it's, it could be an effective tactic, but the problem is the more people see of this guy, the more people realize that this guy isn't probably like an isolationist and he is a, and he is somebody who just wants to keep our, he wants to, you know, he wants to limit uh, exp- expression. And look, I mean, I can admit that there is such a thing as dangerous speech. There's always the famous uh, shouting fire in a movie theater example. But why isn't he? Like, I mean, look. Anyways, the point is, he's going. He's taking the low road on this one. And and I, I, I can't say that I admire. I can't say I admire him for him. And I would say he's, he is, he's human and everything. And so he's. We can't make. You know, we we shouldn't. I mean, I know people are really hard on Jack Thompson, and I think what he's doing is ridiculous. But at the same time, he's got every right to do it. I mean, that's the whole point. It, the, the whole free speech thing works both ways, and I think. It, and so, yes, it means we can express our the game developers can just express what they want to express in um, in their games. And I think this guy can talk about whatever he wants to talk. He can write whatever letters he wants to his mother. He's going to make him look uh, pretty foolish. It doesn't make. I'll tell you this, Strauss Zelnick does not look as bad as Jack Thompson does from this letter. Um, and uh, I I think Jack Thompson, I think, is only hurting himself. I think if he really wants to, to, to really get rid of these games, I guess if that's really what he's, if that's really what he's got to do, I think he ought to just study neurology. Why is, why is, well, one thing, why is a lawyer telling us the, why is a lawyer giving us these causal links between psychological events, between, you know, between the way, the way a psyche works, you know, in a way and, and this sort of things, why is a lawyer giving us this? Why isn't it somebody who, you know, knows about this stuff? I mean, I think I know more about games than Jack Thompson does. Now, granted, I know I don't play the particularly violent games that much. I mean, I, I I'm a big Nintendo fan. They're not not a lot of Nintendo games that are particularly gory or violent or involve killing police. And I've only played GTA like, I mean, I own the game, but not four. I own Vice City, but 
you know, I don't consider myself a bad person. And, you know, I'm not addicted to the GTA or anything. But, I mean, look, I don't think it's, I don't think it makes people bad people. I mean, but this is just my opinion. And I think what he's saying is just his opinion. And I think what's annoying is that he just can't, I mean, if people don't believe him, he's going through these great lengths to try to, to try to get people to listen to him. I mean, all in all, though, I think, um, People, I think people are a little a little meaner to this guy than they should be. It's a funny letter. He's quoting all this stuff. He's he's completely throwing baloney at the at his mother, and this is the problem. I mean, it is, and this is how a lot of science works. I don't like to get particularly political or whatever, but you know, I mean, this is how a lot of people think science. How this guy think how a lot of people think science works. It's, it's this guy. It's I think also I think also um, people who believe in another scientific theories the it's science science is not based on consensus and one thing there is no consensus here um it's a yes or a no question um so this is and but this guy is pretending it's based on consensus and it's not even based on consensus because not everyone believes that these actually are actually harmful to people um it may seem sort of logical but i mean when you're talking about our human brains here and particularly a developing brain of like a child how do you how do you really apply just every average every day one plus one equals two logic to that? I don't think you can, and I certainly don't think that a um, a, a, a Florida lawyer can. And I also think that this that this that this idea of that he is sending all these these um, these near threatening letters. I mean, they're not threatening, but the point is that's the thing. He realizes that the law won't allow that, and so he's going to send the next best thing, which is a letter to his mother. You can do suits as much as you want, but. You know, I mean, it's like the Spider-Man thing. It's like what the Green Goblin said. He said, you know, if you attack his heart, uh, attack his mother. You don't attack his mother, but, you know, you, you get her on kind of your side. Um, then that's just as good as anything else to get him to pull the game. I look, look, they're not going to pull the game at this point because of this letter. Um, uh, the Internet has sort of laughed this off. But, um, you know, this guy is in no place to be telling us what we should be playing this guy is in no place uh to be telling us what the way the brain works uh this guy is in no place to be telling us you know, how to raise kids um like any product you have a, a hundred it is a hundred percent your choice as to whether or not to buy it if you're a parent um and you ought to you have parental controls on most of these systems you can set ratings, and he said it himself. It's rated mature. You just put, you just take the time out to put to put that setting on there, and they're not playing it. Um, if that's a, like I said, if that that's only that's only something you believe in, but I don't even think it. I don't even know if it causes any if it causes any uh people to be violent. I think it's probably more events people's violence more. Now, granted, I gotta say I feel a little slimy when I play Grand Theft Auto. When I play Grand Theft Auto, not four, but you know, I would never want to watch have anyone like watch me play it. Not. I don't think it's a very. I don't think it's very becoming that we have someone watch you play a GTA Four. It's something you're kind of ashamed of, and um, at least I am. And um, by the same token, I don't think it's very becoming how Jack Thompson it puts these uh, these uh, these threats under the guise of trying to um, to help his mother. So that's my take on that. And that's the last issue of the uh, of this podcast. I'm surprised it turned out to be 43 minutes. Wow, it's already 9:45, 43 actually. Wow, I start exactly at nine. Um, so anyway, I guess that's all we got for this lovely episode of Lithcast. And um, 
so anyways, if you want to send questions, comments, whatever you want, you can email them to nintendopod at gmail.com or nintendocast at gmail.com, all one word. Or if you if that's too tough to memorize, you can go to lithcast.com. That's L-I-T-H-C-A-S-T dot com. Uh, at the right click the contact us button and uh, write us a letter. I'd uh, love to hear from you. The questions are always appreciated. Uh, thanks to uh, Fish Musician for catching me on the conduit uh, mess up. I did kind of correct myself in the show notes. Actually, the show notes for the last for episode 42 actually include the conduit's uh, previews. But anyways, I will repost them in this in this sh- uh, show. Um, as I say, that this was sort of the end of my not very busy time. Um, so come next week, starting tomorrow, I will be particularly busy. Um, so don't expect the podcast every week, but uh, it was good talking to you guys today. And uh, if you want to join our forums, you can go to lithcast.com slash forums or just go to the main page of Lithcast, click on the right, uh, click on the word that says forums. You can also join our Nintendo folding team. No, so Sam UK, it is not about folding origami. It is about protein folding and just donating your computer's work units. And it's kind of like a charitable thing you can do, but doesn't cost you any money. Um, and uh, our team number is 45501 GUI text screensaver PS3 client and GPU client. You don't have to know any of that means, but it'll explain on the website. Well, the other thing I wanted to mention actually briefly was that I mentioned on the last podcast that this week I'm going to be working on E3 plans, uh, you know, calling around, kind of getting the um, getting everything squared away with E3 and trying to get all of our plans to see if we could um, get in or not or see, you know, see because then I would like to be able to plan ahead and see like, well, what, what are we going to look at in the way of expenses and all that sort of thing. Now, um, I did put in a few calls. I t- called around, emailed some of the E3 people just because I wanted to get as many, as much information as I can. There, apparently, you know, E3 isn't too well thought out. Right, Just now, uh, Nintendo says they're starting to kind of firm up their plans for E3. And uh, the E3 people, the ESA, um, mentioned that aside from the fact that it is referring to the Los Angeles Convention Center and will be taking place from July 15th through the 17th, it, it is more or less not, there are no floor plans. They are not handling invitations. A company now has to invite you. And it was the same way last year, but um, back in 06, you had to get approved by the ESA. Now it's a company invites you. Uh, so they're doing that. Uh, aside from that, I, don't, I didn't find out that much more. I, you know, I'm kind of just kind of staying in the loop with... Um, some of my PR contacts at Nintendo, they kind of want to know all the site stats for LithCast and f- for the Hylia, I've had a little problem, a couple problems getting the Hylia stats because uh, I don't give me, they don't give me server access and I, I'm going to complain about it until they give, give me server access so I can look at the stats. Um, but they don't. Um, and, uh, which is like, I mean, I could fix a lot of these problems, but anyways, on the Hylia, but they don't let me. So, uh, um, just getting the stats for the podcast and just seeing how many, what our distribution is because, you know, now the companies have to decide like who they're going to send and, and stuff. And if we don't get through Nintendo, we can always try going in through someone else. I, um, but, uh, they have to decide who they're going to send. And so they kind of want different distributions. Um, so if you guys keep downloading, keep visiting the site, you're going to increase our numbers. And so we'll, I mean, we can handle the bandwidth if you want to download this podcast 10 times. That's fine. Um, I, I'm definitely okay with that. Um, so anyways, uh, we're kind of firming up the plans. They kind of want to know about all of our numbers and everything. Um, I think, I think we'll, I think we'll be able to get in, but, uh, we'll see. 
We'll see. I don't know how much more competitive it is this year since it seems like they're kind of bringing it back to Los Angeles. It's going to might be a little bit bigger than it was last year and a little tougher to get into and tougher to coordinate. So we'll see. Anyways, Lithcast listeners, it's been great speaking to you twice in two weeks. Wow, this is really a treat for me. I can't think of any way I'd rather spend my Sunday evening, the last moments of not very busyness. I can't think of a better way. I bet I, I'm kind of reluctant to, to end the podcast here because I, I could just keep going here. Well, I better end. I better end this podcast. So, Lithcast listeners, this is Daniel Friedlander signing off from Lithcast.com for Lithcast episode 43. I hope you have a good, what is it, spring? And um, stay out of trouble. Don't play those violent video games. And um, just, just to recap, we talked a little bit about the conduit. We talked about my uh, not very being very good at, at having finished Wind Waker. <laughs> um, we talked about how Mario Kart was released today, and we talked a little bit about Jack Thompson. All right, Lithcast listeners, goodbye.